Hello and welcome back. This is our very first program of the new year and what a show we have lined up for you. This is LJ and you're listening to Careers Talk. We start the new year with a new intern, Sam Parker, but more of him later. Our guest this week is director of the London Press Club, David Selves. I'll be asking him about the value of networking and the joys of being a pub landlord, among other things. It doesn't matter what you're doing, what your business is, um, where you want to go, the more people you know, the greater the chance of creating an opportunity to succeed. Pick the Poster has a new feel. We've asked you to come up with a 30-second pitch to sell yourself to prospective employers. And we have a new quick-fire question round on your hopes and dreams for 2010. First in the firing line is Phil G24, a manager who has recently been made redundant. If your lottery numbers came up tomorrow, would you be in work the next day? I would, but I'd probably choose my type of work. I'd probably do what I want to do rather than what I have to do. John Coulson from Guardian Jobs will be along later for Just the Job. He's chosen a very exciting position with the Cabinet Office. But first, let's say Happy New Year to Kerry. Thank you. Happy New Year to you too. Thank you. Have you had a nice start? Yeah, really good start. Busy start, feeling really sort of proactive and stuff. Ready for the new year. Yeah, definitely. And you've had an interesting start already. You've got a new feature on Guardian Careers, all about books. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I've been interviewing authors about their career books. And I started off speaking to Nick Payton, the author of The Complete Career Makeover. And he talks about career changes with a special focus on retraining and setting up on your own, like, in your own business. So. Okay, good. And you can hear that interview online. Yep, that's online. Excellent. And so what about the Q&As? Talk about those. Okay, well, actually that relates nicely to Nick Payton because he joined us and with some other career coaches and experts to talk about career makeovers and we had loads of career changers joining us online to yeah, ask really what busy. they need to do. Yeah, really busy. And what about other Q&As you've had this year? Well, we've had some really busy ones this week. It's clearly a time of year where everybody's sort of looking for information. And I've picked out town planning, which might sound unusual, but it's been one of our busiest ever. And we had like 141 posts in total. I think actually it's gone up this morning. Wow. Yeah. So kind of people that you had on the panel? We had the Royal Town Planning Institute, and we had a recruitment specialist as well working in the property sector. Uh, we had uh, private sector planners, so we had Savills, and then from the public sector we had someone from Sport England, a planning manager, and someone working with the local council as well, so we covered quite a lot of ground there. Okay, and give us a flavour of the kinds of discussions. Okay, because so we know we usually talk about whether it's positive or not. And I was thinking about that, and it was positive in the sense there was really great advice given out and comment and stuff, and if people have got the initiative to act on it, it could really benefit them. And the people that were coming to join us to talk about careers in town planning, who weren't on the panel, you know, people are quite experienced, had very good things to say about their job satisfaction. But we did have a lot of despondent graduates joining us, you know, concerned about the lack of advertised jobs, and also complaining about the application process for chartered status in town planning, and uh, there was a bit of a debate going on about that. And what, what was the advice given? Well, there was, there was two camps. The, the complaints were mainly that the process was too hard, it took too long, and that it wasn't being marked fairly. So some people that were already chartered or had been working in the sector a while actually said, well, I think that's a good thing because it's a mark of professionalism and uh, we should keep standards high. Yeah, we had lots of feedback afterwards. I asked the panellists what they thought about it because it was quite a big theme in the discussion and they said they were going to pass it on to people within the Royal Town Planning Institute that they know were involved in the Young Planning Network and that maybe were on the board that influences the assessment process, which is called the APC, that stands for Assessment of Professional Competence. And they said, yeah, we'll bring it up. But I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the RTPI and see what they thought. And they said they found it really useful to hear that sort of feedback from people in, you know, on our forum. 
it was something they were kind of aware of already and they've just finished a review process of the APC to see if it was working and it has been found to be fit for purpose. Employers, industry and universities seem pleased with the standards that are coming through but they are going to try and make the information clearer so how to apply. They have got mentors available. They can set you up with mentors. They're really open to contacting them to find out more information. They're even going to think about running their own discussions on their website dedicated to this so people can ask specific questions. So there's a lot of information out there. But they they did say, you know, it's not impossible, but it really does need time and thought. There's a two-year minimum of experience that you have to have in the sector before you can apply. But, you know, don't necessarily just apply after two years. Wait until you feel confident in your ability and the application process. So, Okay, good. Good advice. And we'll put the website online. Yep, definitely. Okay, thanks very much, Kerry. No problem. Joining me on the line now is director of the London Press Club, David Selves. David started his career in banking and is now a business consultant and an after-dinner speaker. In the 80s, he was a district councillor and he has since then written a number of novels. His most recent project has been buying the pub next door to his house and I think we can safely say David is a man who likes to keep busy. Welcome, David. Hi. How are you doing? And a happy new year, I should say. Happy New Year to you as well. Has it been a good start? It's been wonderful. I'm a guy who just has a positive outlook. Oh, good. So before we talk about your background, can you just explain a bit about what the London Press Club is and how you came to be involved in it? Yeah, I mean, the the London Press Club really is a conduit between government, commerce, industry and the media. It's a completely independent organisation. It has no funding. It has a board you couldn't buy. Some heavyweights who give their time voluntarily. We run debates, discussions... But then we've also embarked recently on networking, which is a wonderful way for people to get to know each other. Let's talk a bit about your background. You've been a a banker and a politician and a novelist. What's your secret and what would you advise someone wanting maybe to try different careers? Well, we're all different animals. I'm somebody who doesn't sleep. Four hours a night is enough for me. And I have to have a constant challenge. So I've always got lots and lots of different things going on at the same time. That's won't appeal to everybody you know there are, there are people who want to work nine to five and there are people who aren't from my point of view i just look for the next challenge the whole time and to any youngster i'd say you know you, you need to set yourself a five-year plan you need to set realistic achievable goals within that and work to them were you given that advice when you were a young boy something i did instinctively really i don't know why um, but i'm dyslexic now i'm over 60 so when i was a kid that wasn't known but the only way I could survive was by remembering everything I saw and heard and being organised, being ahead of the game. I mean, to use a sporting analogy, I hate chasing the game. You stay ahead of it. So another string to your bow is your after-dinner speaking. Mm-hmm. How's that come about and what kind of topics do you talk about? Do you talk about career-related issues? Oh, or? I talk, talk about absolutely anything. The origin of that, I suppose, in some ways, goes back to dyslexia, where in my generation at school you were deemed lazy because your written work was bad. I've always been oral. I'm Despite writing books, you know, I'm not literate. But somebody who saw me do something for a charity, oh, God, 40 years ago, and asked me if I'd speak at their dinner. And I did that, and it's gone on and on from there. Did you go around in cruises and, and things? I did an auction for the Richard House Hospice in East London in the summer. And a guy who organises cruise speakers saw me, came up and asked me if I'd go on the cruises. So I've said yes. Um, The downside to me, going back to what we were saying earlier, 
is that uh, most people would love this. You get taken away for a fortnight for free on a cruise ship and have to do five 45-minute speeches. I haven't got a fortnight to sit around on a cruise ship. You're bored. <laughs> that's right. A captive audience. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Nobody yeah. can get away. Um, so, and talk us about your pub. So you've, you've bought the, the pub next door to your house? Yes. How's that um, come about and um, how are you finding being a pub landlord? Oh, I love it. It makes a change to take the money instead of spend it, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, no, I live in a 400-year-old house in Faversham in the longest, oldest medieval street in England. And the pub next door, the Phoenix, is 700 years old. And it had sat there empty and looking sorry for itself for six months. So I thought it was time to do something about it and have um, renovated it. It's open. We had our first event, as it were, as opposed to ordinary trading this week, which was we started the Poetry Society. Next week is the first business networking night. Oh, in your pub? In the pub, yeah. So the Phoenix in Faversham will house its first networking night and um, we're expecting a lot of people. Who are you expecting down there then? A lot of local business people. It's amazing in a town, any town, the number of people in business who don't know the person in business three doors up the road. You know, networking obviously sounds like it's quite vital to you in your career and has been in your career. Is that fair to say? I think it's vital to everybody, LJ, but what is networking? Um, I mean, I'm a London street kid and it's something I suppose I do naturally. It doesn't matter what you're doing, what your business is, um, where you want to go, the more people you know, the greater the chance of creating an opportunity to succeed. If you were giving advice about people, because people find it very difficult to network, it sounds easy, but I think it's one of the things that people find very difficult. How would you advise somebody to make the best of a situation, of an event? Well, in the first instance, it's to just relax and be yourself. Um, Folk are probably going to be nervous, but what they need to remember is that there'll be a lot of other people in the room who are equally nervous. So just relax and just go and talk to people as if they're an old friend. When you're actually talking to them, look at them. Don't look away. Be genuinely interested in them. But don't stand there all night and ask for their life story and don't give them yours. Um, Because if you've got one, two, three hundred people in a room, you want to meet as many of them as possible. Give them a card, talk to them. Put a note on the back of their card where you met them, what you found interesting, so you can follow it up later. Um, And do follow it up. Write to them. Send them an email. Um, Say what a pleasure it was to meet them. You know, being crudely commercial about it, they may not have an immediate value to you, but you never know in the days, weeks, months ahead when you may need to contact them and there could be a value. But I suppose I'd sum it up in a way that goes back to general advice to youngsters, and that is have no limit to your imagination. Let your horizons be absolutely vast and only limited by the imagination, which itself isn't limited. People are there at a networking evening for the same reason as you. They want to meet people. They want to find opportunities. They want to take their life or their business on. But just, just relax. Go talk to people. Excellent. That's really good advice. Thanks very much, David. That's a pleasure. John Coulson has joined us now for Just the Job. Hi, John. Hi, LJ. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you? Yes, very good, thank you. Nice start to 2010? Yes, very good. New Year's resolutions and such as usual. And they are? To um, try and get rid of some of the uh, good living from Christmas, right. uh, predominantly. Right, yeah. so you're in the gym, are you? Yeah, absolutely. And We're, not drinking, obviously. Um, I'm trying that one, yeah. yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, two weeks in. <laughs> okay, so the job that you've brought us today is quite exciting, I think. It's with the Cabinet Office. Tell us about it. Yeah, I think it provides a really unique opportunity. It's working with the Cabinet Office as an Assistant Director 
In recent years, the Cabinet Office has kind of actually become a major recruitment brand in its own right, also as well as being situated right at the heart of the UK government. So obviously the opportunity for the right candidate to have influence in that area is going to be something which is, well, hugely challenging and rewarding for them as well. What role is it? It's Assistant Director. It's... Um, Basically, the post holder will lead strategy and influence policy for the use of ICT, which is uh, information communications technology. Obviously, this area is so vital because technology just influences millions of citizens per day, so obviously it's something that has to be right, so they do need quality people to do it. And what kind of things are they looking for? They're looking for somebody who has the ability to influence senior colleagues, gain ministerial support when required as well. Also an awareness of um, open source and open standards products and issues and also their um, impact on delivery to citizens. It sounds really exciting and also it's a very exciting time because obviously with the general election and everything it's, it's going to be an amazing time to work in the Cabinet. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a year of change across the government and public sector as a whole. So it's a really good time to get involved. And I think this role kind of shows how the um, government is moving towards more progressive methods which have been long favoured in the public se- in the private sector, rather, such as the salary for the role is um, 44356 but it actually has the potential to rise to 59000 on a performance-related pay scale. And obviously metered performance is something which has been lacking traditionally in the public sector, but something that is becoming more prevalent as we move further into the 21st century. Okay, and if people want to find out more, how can they? Their job is online on guardianjobs.co.uk, and it'll be on there till the 22nd of January. So there's still plenty of time for anyone to apply, you know, if they're interested, and I certainly hope they are. Excellent. Thanks very much, John. No problem. Thank you, LJ. Okay. Thanks. And now to pick the poster. We have to say first hello to our new intern, Sam Parker. Hello. Tell us a bit about yourself, Sam. How, how have you come to be here picking our posters? I've moved to London from Newcastle uh, to join one of the country's many aspiring journalists. And I've been on some work experience placements. And my latest one is here at The Guardian Careers. Are you wanting to be a reporter or what, what, what's your ambition? I'd like to be the next Charlie Brooker. Really? Yeah. Well, you're in the right place, obviously. (laughs) And have you managed to meet him yet since you've been here? No, I haven't. I've been keeping my eyes peeled in case I pass him on the way to the toilet or anything. uh, Well, you want to email him? I may do, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you've been doing our Pick the Poster for us this week. And uh, 2010, this year, we've got a new sort of feature, haven't we? It's to do with an elevator pitch. Tell us about that. Well, the idea is that if you were in an elevator and you found yourself standing next to your dream employer... And you only had 30 seconds until he was about to step off. What would you say to him to make yourself appealing for a job? To convince him. To convince him to hire you. Excellent. Yeah. And so uh, the poster, did he do a good job? He did a very good job, actually. I think he may have went slightly over the 30 second limit, but we can forgive him for that. Pick the poster this week was Phil G24. Phil had been made redundant last year after spending 20 years in construction and 18 years in the charity sector. So he was just looking for a little bit of inspiration and some guidance as to what to do next. You've got 30 seconds to pitch yourself to a potential employer. Go for it. Okay, um, I would say I'm a committed, experienced, tenacious facilitator, driven with passion, practicality and persistence. I have a singular talent for creating productive and sustainable relationships. I'm driven to motivate and empower individuals. I also recognise uniqueness and difference. I have a proven ability to communicate, engage and develop services. Established ability to seek out, identify business opportunities. A vision to create products and delivery. Influence and engage at the front line and at the board level. I invite input from all. I like to lead from the front. I think you might have slightly gone over the 30 seconds there, Phil, but it was very impressive. (laughs) 31, was it? Well done. What was your first ever job? I worked for a company called Shad Fort Trucks. 
which is mending and manufacturing faultless trucks. What's the best job you've ever had? Probably when I worked for the Scarman Trust as a North West Development Worker. And what was the worst job you think you've ever had? I spent quite a number of years in construction and civil engineering. If you could have any job in the world, which job would it be? Well, I think if I knew that purposely in percent, I perhaps wouldn't be in the forum, but it'd be along the lines of creating and supporting projects and enterprises and getting the idea from someone's mind into practical uh, realisation. What's more important to you, salary or job satisfaction? Probably, at this moment in time, I'd probably say 6% salary, 4% satisfaction. Well, that has changed over the last couple of years. If your lottery numbers came up tomorrow, would you be in work the next day? I would, but I'd probably choose my type of work. I'd probably do what I want to do rather than what I have to do. If you were to run away with the circus, what job would you do for them? Uh, I'm not really a circus fan, but I think it'd either be something like a hot bug or candy floss seller or the ringmaster. And what's your proudest moment in your career so far, Phil? Two of them, really. I was honoured by the, the Mayor of the City for my dedication to the work I was doing and being amb and a good ambassador for the city. And secondly, which is probably the best one, I was approached by colleagues I'd never met to sort of say, how have you managed to do this? So I was, I was quite pleased with that. That was Phil G24 talking to Sam earlier today. Now, before we go, Kerry, tell us what's coming up next week, Q&A-wise. All right. On January the 19th, we're talking about bullying in the workplace, and that's been inspired by a recent survey that's seen bullying in the workplace go up during the recession. On January the 20th, inspired by occupation shortage list, which Harry Friedman blogged about recently, uh, we're going to be looking at dentistry because that's one of the roles which is on the list, and we're going to do more of that in the future as well. And then on January 21st, I'm going to do careers in the fire service, and I'm linking that to the, a current recruitment drive that they've got to get more women into the fire service. Okay, interesting. Thanks very much. No problem. That's it for this week. Just time to wish you all a happy and prosperous new year and to thank our guests, David Sells, John Coulson from Guardian Jobs, intern Sam, poster Phil G24, and of course, Kerry and Eustace. Thank you. Remember, you can find out more on everything we've talked about on careers.guardian.co.uk. Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. I'm LJ Filatrani. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>